Welcome to another episode of Out the Rabbit Hole here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We're also on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Robert Larson. This is our November 18th, 2010 edition of the show, 4.13 p.m. on the clock here in Irvine, California. Before we get fully underway, I have a couple of quick reminders for you. First of all, the opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the KUCI staff or management or the UC Board of Regents. And if you want to give me some feedback on the show, I always appreciate that. You can email me at rglarson at org. You can also catch me on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash rglarson. These days, real and fearless investigative journalism is not always easy to find. And being necessary to a thriving democracy, we should support it as much as possible. One individual who is practicing such journalism and thus deserves our support is Russ Baker. About six months ago, we had him on the show to discuss his book, Family of Secrets, The Bush Dynasty, America's Invisible Government, and the Hidden History of the Last 50 Years. This book's stunning revelations are the result of over five years of research documented with over 50 pages of footnotes. Because of the impending release of the George W. Bush memoir, Decision Points, we thought it would be a great time to have Russ back on the show to sort of decode what's being put forward by the ex-president. Russ Baker is an award-winning investigative journalist who has written for The New Yorker, Vanity Fair, The New York Times, The Nation, The Los Angeles Times, The Washington Post, The Village Voice, and Esquire. He's also served as a contributing editor to the Columbia Journalism Review, and Russ is the founder of WhoWhatWhy.com, a non-partisan, non-profit news website. Wes, uh, Russ Baker, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Robert. It's good to be here. I, I really appreciate it. I know we, you were braving L.A. traffic today, uh, running around. You're out in Southern California here uh, doing some speaking events, and uh, everybody in this region knows what it's like <laughs> dealing with that traffic. So uh, you, you got started a little late today, but I'm glad you're here, and uh, thanks a lot. Sure. Well, we've also got an event tonight, and I was trying to find my way around off of the coast highway up into these little streets going up to the side areas of Pacific Palisades, so very complex. Yeah. Uh, can we mention that event tonight? Is that open sure. to the public? Yes, it is. Now, it's a, it's a sort of a mini fundraiser for whowhatwhy.com, so we're, we're asking $40 per person. I'm, supposed to, I'm told there's going to be amazing Italian food here. There's a whole crew whipping something up and a uh, uh, good drink, and uh, this, this house is a stunning uh, architectural masterpiece on top of a hill. Uh, I've never been here before, but it's very, very nice. If people would like to come by tonight, we start at about 7, and uh, I think what you have to do is call somebody to RSVP, and then you get the directions. You call Jerry at um, the following phone number, uh, 206-240-5324. I'll repeat that a couple of times because maybe people are looking for pencils. 206-240-5324. Five three two four. Once more, Jerry at two zero six two four zero five three two four. 
We're going to have a great time. We're going to talk about uh, my book, about Bush's book, about Obama, about the recent elections, and about what the heck is going on in this country. Yeah, and I know those of you who are familiar with Russ's work really will look forward to uh, seeing and hearing him tonight. And those of you who are not familiar and will listen in for a bit longer, I'm sure will be uh, quite intrigued and want to hang on, hang out there as well. So uh, the first time you were on the show, I don't think we even talked about George W. Bush that much because I was so intrigued about everything in the first half of the book that... You had uh, dug up about George Bush Sr., his uh, hidden history and intelligence uh, long before his appointment as CIA director and his extremely suspicious ties to the JFK assassination and the bringing down of Richard Nixon. Uh, Perhaps we could touch on that just a bit for context before we move on and focus a little more on W today? Well, sure. Um, You know, and his book, uh, W's book, Decision Points, is out. Uh, I'm, uh, I call it uh, uh, talking points or deception points because <laughs> it's, uh, it's a carefully constructed uh, effort to basically rewrite history, uh, obscure all of the really important and interesting things about him, and focus on very sort of bland things that re- really kind of rally their base, get people you know, back on track for, for their part of the GOP machine. And this is very important because in the recent elections, Carl uh, uh, Rove was back again, and he was probably the principal architect, of, I would say, of the Republican uh, victory in taking back the House of Representatives. He uh, was responsible for $50 million injected in sort of mystery money late in the game that, that uh, played a, an important role in this. And then, of then Jeb Bush, the brother, we already had two Bushes in the White House, and now Jeb is very uh, carefully circumnavigating the water, is testing to see whether he might become uh, the third Bush in the White House. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let's, uh, let, let's, I, I do want to get into uh, decision points and uh, your sort of decoding of that, but I really, you know, want people to know uh, how amazing this book, Family of Secrets, is, and I, I just kind of want to intrigue them a little bit. Sure. If we could, you know, go back to Bush yeah. Sr., and I, I, we covered this last time you were on the show, but just, I, I knew a fair amount about some of this kind of stuff, but there were so many new revelations in your book, and just uh, talk a little about how George Bush Sr. had this hidden history in the intelligence world, sure. and he just didn't uh, get appointed CIA director willy-nilly. Right. Well, I had been interested in George W. Bush trying to understand how such an improbable figure became president of the United States and then pursued such a controversial and even radical agenda. And so uh, it was clear to me that he never would have been president if his father had not been president. And the more I looked at the father, the more I thought, well, he's kind of an odd one to be president also, Not, not really very visionary or particularly stirring or articulate. And so I looked at the father, and I I began focusing on his life. And I was interested in uh, several key points, as you mentioned. He he was named CIA director in 1976 by Gerald Ford after all the tumult of Watergate and when uh, Congress uh, was very aggressively investigating the Central Intelligence Agency for all sorts of unauthorized covert operations abroad and domestically. Uh, the agency was in a very defensive mode, and at that moment, of all the people in the world they could appoint, they appointed this little-known man who had had just a couple of terms in the House of Representatives, very briefly, U.N. ambassador and so on, 
George H.W. or Poppy Bush as his nickname. And so here comes Poppy, and totally improbable for this position. I thought, well, that's so strange. So I began digging back to see if there was any explanation of why they appointed him. And what I found through a tremendous amount of research, five years of research for Family of Secrets, uh, 500 interviews, thousands of documents, what I found was that he had basically led a secret life. This is Bush 41, the first Bush president. He had led a secret life, and that was that he was already in intelligence work and had been for years, decades even, before he was appointed. And so all of these posts as a diplomat and a congressman and his oil companies were basically commercial or other cover for, uh, uh, for op uh, operations. Uh, and that was very interesting to me because that meant we knew almost nothing about this man who had been vice president and president of the United States for 12 years. Uh, and as I looked at him, I then found more and more interesting things. I, I found that the reason he became president was because Nick, Richard Nixon uh, sponsored him, uh, almost like a godfather, giving him all these very unusual opportunities that Nixon gave to no one else. wondered why that was, dug back into that, and discovered a secret history between Nixon and the Bush family, which went all the way back to 1946. And in Family of Secrets, I have several chapters on this, how Richard Nixon, it turns out, was actually recruited into politics by a group of bankers who were trying to defeat a, a congressman who was investigating them. And uh, Richard Nixon was the one they chose. Prescott Bush, the grandfather of George W., the father of George H.W., uh, was a banker. And he actually came out to the district and was part of this group recruiting Nixon. So Nixon was actually, and again, this is not in any other book than, than Family, Se Family of Secrets, uh, Nixon was actually owned essentially by these banking interests throughout his political career. And when he became president of the United States, he began chafing and resisting them. And this is when we see the precursors to Watergate and all these things carried out uh, in his name without his authorization and then leaked to the press. So the whole Watergate story I discovered uh, was not what I thought it was. Uh, but as far as Bush himself, as you trace him further back, you see him with this oil company putting rigs uh, off of Cuba prior to the Bay of Pigs invasion, <laughs> hiring uh, uh, anti-caster Cubans to work there. It's all cover. And so 1963, what you're getting to, uh, he had been interviewed and unexpectedly was asked just to re recollect the day Kennedy was shot and where he was and what he remembered. And very oddly claimed not to remember where he had been that day. And I was fascinated by that. And so, again, another strand of months and even years as I worked on Family of Secrets trying to figure out where was he. And what I found fills four chapters uh, in the book, four chapters in Family of Secrets, all new material on the Kennedy assassination changed my own understanding of that event and convinced me very firmly that the story that Lee Harvey Oswald did it uh, and acted alone was not the right story, and that there was some kind of a large operation, very akin to uh, U.S. operations abroad where they removed leaders in other countries. They basically were doing the same thing here, and we see the uh, fingerprints of um, Mr. Bush and his uh, cohorts in the CIA uh, in Dallas that day and around the events, and I go into that in Family Secrets in uh, great detail. Yeah, and I want to say, anybody listening, these chapters really are, I don't care if you've read a lot of things about deep politics and whatnot, you are really going to be blown away by this. And it's kind of, so real basically, there is an intelligence clique that George Bush Sr. was very involved with, and they... All of these suspicious characters related to the JFK assassination, George Bush Sr. had connections with them. And then when Watergate happened and Nixon was brought down, this wasn't a result of just 
purely of Nixon's paranoia. It was like he had been set up, and again, it was this intelligence click, and George Bush Sr., very intimately involved with many of these people and the uh, Cuban exile community. That, that's basically it, right? That is basically it. And really, if you think about it, this is totally logical that the same people who are uh, professionally and full-time involved in an operation that goes around the world destabilizing and, and removing uh, governments elsewhere would be ca- have the capacity to do so uh, in their own country and, and in fact, the, uh, the motivation to do so because, obviously, if they removed all these people like uh, Allende and uh, uh, Mossadegh in Iran and uh, Arbenz in Guatemala, that they didn't respect the democratic process in those countries, so why would they respect it uh, in their own country. And that really, I think, is one of the main themes of Family of Secrets. It's that we really understand very little of what goes on in this country. Uh, we understand very little of why things happen. I, I didn't understand either until I just began digging and following these fact trails. And, you know, the analysis that we get by the traditional media on television and newspapers and magazines, it's so pathetic and inadequate. It really reflects a, a just a kind of a skin-deep uh, understanding of, of, of how and why anything happens. So, so that's really, I think, the purpose of Family of Secrets. And by the way, uh, it is uh, available. We had a spike about a week ago. It went all the way up to number five on Amazon of all books. Uh, and as I understand it, they sold out every copy uh, everywhere, but they've just reprinted a, a huge number more. And if you go to your local bookstores, I think sometime this week they should start coming back in again. You can also order them uh, online. Yeah, so available all the usual places, Amazon, local bookstores, big uh, chain bookstores. But, yeah, so that's Family of Secrets, the Bush Dynasty, America's Invisible Government, and the Hidden History of the Last 50 Years. So if we could focus a little more on W this time, uh, a point you make about the Bushes is the ongoing construction of cover narratives to disguise their intelligence ties and their service to the oligarchs. Could you talk a bit about the contrived history of W and the priming of the public for his presidential run? Sure. Well, what they wanted to do with the son was they wanted to separate him from the father. So there were many myths constructed. Myth number one, and these are all ones that we we don't know they're myths. When I mention these, I think people listening will say, well, wait a minute, I, you know, I thought that this was true. And we all did, you know, that the George W. was very different than his father, that there was some kind of estrangement there. There really wasn't any estrangement to speak of. They, they're all very loyal to each other in the Bush family, but the son was sort of constructed to be a different kind of a politician, more... Now, I don't want to say totally Reagan-esque because he wasn't a good speaker like Reagan, but, you know, that kind of rough-hewn Westerner, they, they decided to package him the way Reagan was, get him a ranch, uh, have him seen outdoors doing vigorous uh, activities, you sort of plain spoken, you know, that, 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 that sort of um, uh, casting was tremendously important. And then the, the born-again thing, um, this was another thing in Family of Secrets. I have one chapter just on that where I actually interview their own guy who was writing them memos in the early 80s saying, you know, this, this, huge, this evangelical block is huge. It's growing rapidly, and it's decisive in elections, and you will not win as a Republican unless you have this block, and you can't just uh, uh, woo them. You've got to uh, walk the walk. And so 
George H.W. Bush, the, the father, really, he tried, but he had trouble with that. He just couldn't pull it off. He really was a, an old-fashioned, uh, you know, blue-blooded uh, Episcopalian and so forth. And so the son was a much more uh, loose-limbed in that sense. He enjoyed acting and so forth. And so he sort of looked and said, hey, you know, I can do that, and, and, and he did. And so this has been with us to the present day. There are many, many more examples like this, but as you point out, he, he had a past, George W., and the born-again thing was great because it cleaned the slate. It meant that nobody really could look at anything, criticize anything he'd done before then because that's the whole idea of it. Uh, but moreover, uh, nobody ever looked at all these businesses that the younger Bush was involved in, um, in Family of Secrets, several chapters on companies like Lucky Chance Mining, companies you never heard of before, Spectrum 7 Energy, what were these companies, uh, who were these people, why did he appoint them to intelligence posts when he became president, why were these companies perennially unprofitable yet uh, funding his rise, uh, why was there money coming in in suitcases from the Caribbean and so forth. These, clearly the son was very much like the father, and he was somehow, at least superficially, uh, involved in enterprises that appeared to have some other purpose. As with most people, I'd heard nothing about W's time in Alaska before reading your book. Uh, what was that all about? You know, that's another interesting one. That has to do with his, his evasion of military service. Again, they basically fought off this story uh, that he had disappeared from the military during the Vietnam War. And as we all remember, uh, CBS News and, and Dan Rather were basically, they were destroyed over this, doing this story. Uh, but in fact, my research, and I did a lot of it, concluded that he actually did skip out on two years of military service, basically just went AWOL, and then the whole thing was covered up. Uh, his father seems to have had some sort of knowledge or role in this. Records were destroyed. They created uh, cover stories. And so when they fed these to the press, and it worked. And so in 2004, when he was running against a bona fide war hero, uh, who ironically had served in the, the most dangerous uh, environs in Vietnam and then become a critic of the war while the Bushes were for the war, but uh, he, didn't, he did not serve in Vietnam at all, uh, they, they managed to turn it so that Kerry was on the defensive and they were not. But uh, one of the things he did was he had these two years where he sort of had to kind of hide out uh, rather than explain why he was not serving in, in his in National Guard unit in Houston. And so one summer, they get him off to Harvard Business School, so you could say he's sort of hiding out in, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And then one summer, uh, while, it, while everybody else goes off to do their internships on Wall Street and, you know, back in their home state, he goes up to Alaska, and he works for this little tiny company, which is a, a, a airline that, that I talked to the owner of it, and they were flying as a contractor for the CIA. Yeah, that is uh, fascinating, and th there are just always all these intelligence connections, and if uh, W. wasn't necessarily working in intelligence, he was working for somebody who was doing all of these CIA activities, and sort of like uh, prepping him for that world, if he hadn't already been working in it in some sense. Well, you see, the grandfather was deeply in that world, and in fact, uh, this is another thing people don't realize, but how was the CIA even created? It didn't even exist until after World War II. The presidents had never felt any need for a domestic uh, peacetime, rather a peacetime foreign intelligence service, uh, but uh, Truman was persuaded. He was somewhat reluctant. Uh, Roosevelt didn't want one. Truman was reluctant. They persuaded him, and the man who really was the key person behind that 
with a guy named Robert Lovett. And Robert Lovett was a business partner in this same banking firm I'm talking about with Prescott Bush, the uh, father of H.W., grandfather of W. And so you see their, their family business is sort of working for these, these banking outfits and then using uh, tax dollars and government agencies to advance their uh, private interests. And so that's why these coups, that's why all of these things, it's not uh, for the American people. It's for, uh, you know, people who own vast tracts of uh, sugar land and, and manuf- you know, uh, Pepsi bottling plants and things like that abroad. That, that's what a lot of that is. Yeah, when people say that the Iraq war was about oil, well, it wasn't about making oil more plentiful for for us or prices to be cheaper for us as consumers. It was about getting control of that oil, among other things. Well, that's right. And in, uh, in fact, uh, oil is another major theme in Family of Secrets, where I, 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 I trace the relationship with the Saudis and go quite a bit further. There are some very good books some folks may have on their shelves, the House of Bush, House of Saud, and some of the others about that. I, I go quite a bit deeper into where this relationship began. And again, you see the Bushes, they're kind of, uh, they're sort of amazingly zealot-like. They show up everywhere. And uh, they were very involved in the early 70s after the embargo and all those long gasoline lines and sort of forcing the Saudis into a kind of a shotgun marriage uh, where they agreed to continue an uninterrupted supply of oil to the U.S. Uh, they, uh, they, they also agreed to route a lot of the money through Texas, and you see it in uh, the book going into uh, banks and things associated with the Bushes and their circle, so they're benefiting from this. And in return, uh, what they're doing is they're guaranteeing them that they will come in and protect the Saudi royal family, which really very unpopular dictators. They will protect them and keep them in power from their own uh, people who want to overthrow them, and that's what they've been doing all of these years. Yeah, so it's all about a an elite clique of bankers, people involved in the oil in- industry, intelligence world, and sort of keeping this crowd in place. And the Bushes are, to some degree, part of that, and in another sense, just uh, sort of uh, supporters of that, or the face of that. They're the face of it. They're the... Uh they're the associates, they're the uh, facilitators or the, the actors who make things happen, but this, these are not necessarily their ideas. I don't see them as the visionaries. The visionaries are people who are extremely private and they, they, they don't really do anything much in public. If you ever even see them or know their names, it's maybe because they uh, donated some money and they got their name on a building, but it, they, they, these people choose not to be uh, particularly visible, and I think wisely so. Yeah, this is Out the Rabbit Hole, KUCI in Irvine. Robert Larson here speaking with Russ Baker. We're talking about his book, Family of Secrets, The Bush Dynasty, America's Invisible Government, and the Hidden History of the Last 50 Years. And Russ is also the uh, founder of a uh, nonprofit news website, whowhatwhy.com. And you guys do some amazing independent investigative uh, research there. And you have a, an amazing uh, list of uh, people involved with that group, your editorial staff. Well, that's our, you're probably speaking of our advisory council, which yeah. is some, some great folks, uh, uh, including uh, Daniel Ellsberg and uh, Morton Mintz, a former great Washington Post investigative reporter, uh, Francis Moore LePay, who is a leading uh, uh, writer and thinker about food policy, and on and on. You can take a look at that on our site, whowhatwhy.com. We're still in the early stages, and we're trying to 
uh, get it to the next level where we can hire up a, a larger full-time investigative staff. Unfortunately, or fortunately, we're not uh, uh, beholden to corporations, and so we, we have to do this all through support from the public. Anybody who's interested can go to the site, click on the button that says support, and then choose to make a, you know ongoing small monthly donations or uh, perhaps a larger one-time donation. Uh, and as, as I mentioned, we have an event tonight. If anybody can get up to the Pacific Palisades along the Coast Highway uh, north of Santa Monica, uh, we're having an event, a uh, modest, uh, modest donation for who, what, why, and we'll be talking about Family of Secrets, about the Bushes, about Obama, lots of other things, some great food and drink here and very lively people. And, and folks can call Jerry if they want more information or to RSVP for tonight, 7 o'clock, area code 206-240-5324. Again, uh, Jerry at 206-240-5324. All right. Yeah. I wish I could make it tonight. I'll I'll be here at the station a little later this evening. But, yeah, those of you who can, I, I'm sure you will not be disappointed. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about some of the little things that have been out there so far as far as uh, Bush's memoir, uh, the uh, decision points, or right. what are you calling it? Uh, deception point. <laughs> deception point. Okay, so, yeah, I think one that has a lot of people scratching their heads is the bit about his mother showing the teenage W, the, the fetus she had in a jar. And most people I know are thinking that's that's a bit bizarre and uh, might have a disturbing effect on a teenage boy. Why do you suppose that was included in the book? Well, you have to understand that they don't make a single move until these things are vetted by a whole bunch of people, strategists, lawyers, media people. They actually look at everything and they try to figure out how it's going to play. Uh, I have several guesses on that. One is that um, they, uh, the per one of the purposes of the book, as I say, is to rally the base. And so another part of the base overlapping with the uh, evangelical vote, but not exactly the same, is the... Uh, is the uh, 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 group of people who want to restrict women's right to an abortion, and so I think that that image was a was a shout out to them. Um, but I think also, and this just occurred to me today, that I think, believe it or not, they're so cynical that they put that in there because it's such a weird thing that they knew that every a newscaster would have to report that fact and that this in itself would drive interest and therefore sales of the book. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, people who uh, really understand propaganda. <laughs> Well, it worked beautifully. I think of everything in the book, that has been the most cited. Yeah. Uh, okay, there's also the thing where uh, W is boasting of ordering the waterboarding torture and saying he'd do it again. I, I think there are a couple of things going on here. One is that this kind of talk plays well to the right-wing redneck base. The other is that every time W and Cheney, for that matter, talk about this, they either overtly by saying so, or just through a process of acclimatization to the term, push forward the false meme that waterboarding is not torture. Is, is that how you see it? Yes. Uh, again, this would have been vetted by a whole lot of people, and they would have, 
you know, some people say, well, this opens him up to prosecution and so forth. I, I, I don't think so. I think that all of that was very carefully considered. And, and I think you're quite correct that that was a, a sop to a part of the base. Again, that's another part. That's the people who think of themselves as the tough law and order, uh, no mercy crowd. Uh, and, then, and then, of course, uh, uh, thinking about the, the simplistic argument that I kept your family safe. Um, that's a very strong appeal. Of course, carefully analyzed, it falls apart. But for their base, they hear that and they find it persuasive. And when he says, uh, we, it's not torture, but it, it is a little bit rough and we had to do that and we protected people's families and I would do it again, I think that plays really, really well. So I think they looked at that. I think they figured it gave cover to other people. Uh, to discourage talk of lesser people being responsible, because then if he takes the responsibility, you know, he's at the top there. Is there really any ideology that drives the Bushes, or is it just lust for power? You know, I, I and during the five years that I researched them for Family of Secrets, I, I looked I looked at lots of books that had been written about them previously about uh, the the kind of things that they belong to, some of these fraternities and the secret societies like Skull and Bones, and there are many others that this family is always involved with. And I, I was trying to figure out, what, yeah, what does make them tick? Why would they do all these pretty reprehensible things? Uh, what, you know, do they, are they, are they inherently evil? Do they, do, you know, and, and I, I, I concluded a few things, although I, I don't claim to completely understand, and I, I sort of pepper this throughout Family of Secrets so that the readers themselves can kind of see what they think is going on rather than me lecturing them and when I'm not absolutely sure. But I, I do think that they, uh, are, they are the oligarchy. They are like, sort of like in a way, like you know, the British royal family and people who have titles in England. And so they think that, uh, that they are, you know, to the manner born, that they are uh, predestined to be on top and to continue this and pass this on to their family. That's, of course, why they... Why they uh, don't like the inheritance tax and what have you, uh, that they think it's, it's, it's appropriate that they've got the, 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 the means and that they maintain it within their family and they keep the power, and that also that they know better than other people, that they are somehow the ones who uh, are the, 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 the first line of defense against, you know, anarchy and the, uh, the grubbing masses, uh, you know, messing about with everything. So I think, that's, I think that's the general thinking, and they see themselves as, as therefore good people. Yeah, and but it's very much an elitism that that we know better than the general public, and it it ties in very nicely with the neocon agenda and the uh, thinking of the neocon godfather. Uh, uh, well, oh, Leo Strauss. Yeah, Strauss. Uh, well, you see, what's what's so brilliant about what they do is it's all the everything is the opposite of what it appears to be. So, for example. They're total elitists who frown on ordinary people, yet they portray their opponents who are ad advocating very often programs that are for ordinary people <laughs> as being the elitists. Uh, and then they put, put on this show with the, you know, with the ranch and the chewing tobacco and all that, and people say, I like that guy. He's a regular guy just like me. You know, he had a trouble with beer and stopped drinking, went to church, good family man. You know, and and it's, it's, the whole thing is, is a giant con, basically. Yeah, yeah, it, it it's just flipping things around, and it just it you got to admire the the propaganda skill. You know, I mean, not not the result of it, but wow, that that is the to make people believe something that is actually the opposite is uh, 
rather impressive, even though not done for good uh, means. Uh, many uh, people who've gone after the Bushes or just spoken the truth about them have had their lives made difficult. Have you encountered any difficulties such as, uh, I don't know, lawyers with the uh, publisher or anything like that? You know, nothing really. And, and uh, I don't know if that's a testament to how careful uh, we've been. Um, Family of Secrets has more than a thousand footnotes. Uh, it was very carefully vetted uh, by lawyers. Uh, we fact-checked before that. You know, very, very scrupulous. And also I think that their big fear is that Family of Secrets will, will take off, will get too much attention. And so they basically are just sort of hoping that, uh, that, that, that money will talk and that, you know, they printed 1.5 million copies of his book. They're on, you know, Oprah with a lot of softball questions and uh, the Today Show, Matt Lauer, very, very sympathetic to him. Uh, every news program talking about everybody clamoring to have him on, not giving him a hard time. And so... They're just really, I think, counting on a family of secrets not even being known to enough people. And so shows like yours, KUCI, are so important because you allow the public to get an alternative explanation of why their world and their lives are the way they are. And what we're doing uh, with Family of Secrets, besides going on these programs, is we're now kind of, uh, there's a sort of a grassroots movement out there to spread the word. And so uh, people are just, anybody can go online and, uh, for example, we, we made a video, a very cool video. I don't know if you've seen it, Robert. It came out uh, about a week or two ago, and it's, a, it's about a Family of Secrets and about Bush's book, and it's a kind of a, a back and forth between Bush and me, fairly entertaining, and it only runs five minutes. And you can see it by going to youtube.com forward slash Family of Secrets, all one word, Family of Secrets, uh, or to our website, familyofsecrets.com, and people, uh, you know, uh, forward that to other people. And so many people have been doing that. So many people have been watching this video about the two books and the two different uh, uh, versions of history, if you will, that word is spreading. And the more it spreads, the more people find out, the more we begin to empower ourselves to understand how things work, to make the right choices, and to, you know, begin to sort of take our country back. Yeah, well, let me ask you this. Are there media outlets, broadcast media outlets, where you used to be a guest there, and then since doing this book, they are not interested because it's they just don't want to go there? Oh, definitely. In fact, um, I'm not going to name them, but there are a lot of your favorite shows that are supposedly some of them might be considered liberal or even left that for whatever reason don't want to have me on to talk about this. And I think part of the reason is because the, the, the subject matter on those shows, while it's very good and it's very effective, it's very limited. And so the analysis, the larger structural analysis is lacking. And, and it really to kind of play the game, you know, to have a comfortable life and to be in, in on uh, the, um, the, 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 the conversation, uh, one has to sort of self-censor. And I think a lot of these shows know that. So what they do is when I do something like this, they will opt not to have me on there. But when, they, uh, when, they have, when I'm talking about something else that they deem to be okay, they'll have me back on again. Yeah, I had the same issue with uh, Mark Crispin Miller. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. But sure, yeah. yeah, when he wrote the book about the electoral fraud in the 2004 election, which, uh, you know, it's, it's very controversial, but thought it was pretty well researched and it, there were people that used to have him as guests all the time but it was that no that that's too hot to handle that's too controversial 
that sounds like conspiracy theory. We don't want to talk about that. And right. So it's it, this is out there. So um, is I guess yeah. W- w- are you hopeful that we can break the grip of the military industrial intelligence banking establishment that the Bush's front? Uh, you know, I, I, I am I'm, I have mixed feelings, but I ultimately I am sort of hopeful, and partially because I think this is a special moment right now to see, uh, in my own experience, to to spend all this time working on this, to discover all these things, to be shocked and terrified of what I found, and then to you know we had trouble finding a publisher at first, and then getting it out, and then uh, you know trying to to get the word out, and then suddenly now where everybody's paying attention to it, and, and we are getting, uh, I was just on MSNBC, uh, uh, one show there. Uh, I was on one affiliate of you know, public radio nationally. Uh, uh, Politico had something from me. Uh, the Huffington Post had something on the front page for me. So we're seeing more and more of that, and I, I'm excited because I think people are starting to get it. They're starting to wake up from their slumber and to realize that it's naive to believe as we all are told, that the United States is the shining beacon on the hill, that nothing really bad could possibly be perpetrated by Americans. All the bad things happen elsewhere. Uh, I think (laughs) people are waking up to the fact that that's just absurd. It doesn't make any kind of sense. And that we're all a little bit culpable uh, in what our country has done, and that now we have an opportunity to... We have to step forward. We have to take action. We have to educate ourselves, arm ourselves with good information, tell other people you know we all have relatives and friends and and you know the, the what i try to do with my work and i think the strength of family of secrets is that the material is so carefully presented and documented that you can take this material and show it to people who might ordinarily argue with you and because it's not just you know polemical but it's actual facts and narratives People begin changing, and I get email every day from people who say, you know, you seem, I get a sense from your stuff that you might be what you call a progressive or a liberal, but I admire you and I respect you. I'm a conservative Republican. I've read your stuff. You don't treat us like idiots, and you, you give us the real stuff, and I'm very, very impressed with this. Yeah, well, I know I've had a little bit of an exchange with you by email, and, and this, I remember one thing in particular that I brought up, and, and you were like, you pulled me back from it, and you're like, wait a minute, we don't know that. We, it's, it looks a little suspicious, but we're not, and I, I really appreciate how careful you are about things, and you know, not putting a conclusion out there for which we don't have the facts to back it up, even no matter how suspicious it looks. And uh, so, yeah, and uh, that's, uh, I think that can only make people more confident in what you're doing and make them want to uh, feel a little bit empowered by it. So there's been a fair amount written about the U.S. Chamber of Commerce's uh, buying of this last election and the billionaire uh, Koch brothers funding of Tea Party groups. How does that fit in with your discoveries in Family of Secrets? I think whenever you hear about a person or an institution doing something, in most cases, they're not the final authority. In other words, uh, the Kochs, I don't believe that they just do this on their own. I think that they communicate with others uh, who are part of the oligarchy, and, and I think they make a decision that they're okay with being identified. And so you could say that they cloak themselves a little bit, but they cloak themselves in plain sight, and then they're easily found by you know, mainstream journalists. The same thing with the Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce is not a a, a power source in and of itself. It's an association that works for these very wealthy interests. And so the real story is not the Chamber of Commerce. It's who got together and told the Chamber of Commerce to do this. And that's something 
we need to do more research on. It's why I started whowhatwhy.com. It's why we're hoping people will go to the site and click on support and, and, and back us so that we can look into all these things because uh, it, this is an ongoing problem. It, it, it's, it's, and there are now new entities being created uh, uh, with an eye toward 2012. And again, we're going to be hearing about the, the wrong, the, 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 our focus. It's like, it's like magic tricks. You know, it's all about directing the audience's eye to the wrong thing. Yeah, okay, and those of you, again, who want to uh, see and hear uh, Russ in person tonight and uh, help to support the nonprofit work of Who, What, Why, uh, it's in Pacific Palisades, 7 p.m., uh, call uh, 206-240-5324 for more information. Ask for Jerry, 206-240-5324. One other thing I'd like to ask you about before we got to close it out here, uh, Russ, is it your assessment that Obama would like to challenge this establishment more, but because of the way it's set up, is very limited in what he can do? Well, I, I'm not sure. I mean, uh, I'd like to have more of a look at anyone who gets to the presidency to see what were the formative uh, influences uh, who had their ear, who shaped them. And I don't feel I know enough about him to know what he really wants to do. I, his actions indicate that he does want to, and he has proposed many reforms, uh, but on other, in other areas he doesn't propose reforms at all, or, or he's exactly the same as Bush. Uh, so it's difficult to know uh, what are the uh, pressures upon him. Um, but there's no question that every president faces tremendous pressures, and I think, we're, I think the media does a disservice by keeping the pressure on the president themselves and saying to the public, look what this a man is doing or not doing, without considering uh, this giant uh, permanent war economy. They never talk about that. You know, these are the things that, you know, the, the, the influence uh, of, of money and of the oligarchy are the, are the permanent elements in the picture. Uh, and Obama is just a guy who, however it happened, uh, won over enough people to get to the top, and now he's... It trapped in a sense. He's got to. He's got to. He's got to dance at the ball with those interests. Yeah, and you you make it very clear in Family of Secrets that there is the this professional intelligence establishment uh, that's there. Gener uh, it doesn't matter what administration's there. I mean, there's people that have been there all the way back five presidents ago, and they're still there, and uh, they're very entrenched, and they have agendas and. Uh, if you want to make reforms, and again, we don't know how much reform Obama really wants to make in all of these areas, but even if he wanted to, it would be very difficult. Is that correct to say? That's absolutely right. And, you know, this sort of this permanent establishment, you know, they always go after the bureaucracy, but, I mean, why, you know, why uh, vilify people who uh, work in offices that, you know, take care of your Social Security or your highways or whatever? There's nothing wrong with those people. I mean... The, what's ironic is all of these movements that go after those kind of things and the red tape and what have you, but, of course, there's some red tape, there's no question, but what about this giant, uh, you know, permanent war machine? What, why are they not concerned about that? That's where most of the money goes. Why are they not concerned about this giant intelligence apparatus that there's no accountability for at all? There's nobody running this thing. It's, a, it's like the way it, you know, was in the, in the Soviet Union and I think still is in Russia. There are these... There are these, you know, dark power centers that are always there, not examined, and, and always sort of, you know, holding the axe over the leader's head. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, Russ Baker, we're out of time. Anything you want to leave us with real quick? Just, uh, you know, if, if, if folks can just go to our website and, again, watch that video, youtube.com slash family of secrets. And please, just if you could forward that to everybody you know with a note saying this will change the way you understand power and, and, and a note saying please forward it on to everybody else you know, we can keep this sort of this... Uh, uh, this positive brush fire going, a uh, positive brush fire uh, for the truth. Okay, and again, those of you who want to see Russ tonight, uh, that's in Pacific Palisades at 7 p.m. You can get the information on that by calling Jerry at 206-240-5324. Again, that's 206-240-5324. Russ Baker, thanks so much for spending the time with us today. My pleasure. Always enjoy it. All right. Good luck tonight. Yes, Russ Baker. Yeah, that book is, uh, I said this several times, but it bears repeating. It'll really blow you away. Family of Secrets, The Bush Dynasty, America's Invisible Government, and the Hidden History of the Last 50 Years. And I'll remind you once more, the opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the KUCI staff or management or the UC Board of Regents. And if you want to give me some uh, feedback on the show, I always appreciate that. You can email me at rglarson at org. This is Out the Rabbit Hole, and I'm Robert Larson. I'll be uh, talking to you next week. Uh, stay tuned right now. We've gotten about three minutes of uh, counterspin and planetary radio coming up for you. And it's uh, KUCI, 88.9 FM in Irvine. Also on the web at KUCI.org.